Welcome to the Practical Mystic Show, where we bring you simple tips and techniques from around the globe to help practical people deal with extraordinary experiences. And now, your favorite scientist, shaman, and sacred clown, and also the show's host, Janine Bolin. Hello, and welcome to the Practical Mystic Show. I'm Janine Bolin, and as you know, I was struck by lightning when I was 10 years old and was called into spiritual service much, much later. So it was funny how the divine decided that what it needed to do with me was to give me a lot of mystical abilities and situations and experiences, but have absolutely no frame of reference for what all of it meant. (laughs) And with me today is a guest who had a very similar thing where born into certain metaphysical gifts and experiences and no frame of reference. If anything, uh, as many of you know, I'm a recovering Catholic, but our guest today actually was raised in Texas in in Southern Baptist mentality and perspective. And what he was manifesting as far as his divinity was in total contradiction. So who am I talking about? I'm talking about this wonderful man by the name of Reverend Kevin Lee. He's an international best-selling author author, media personality, conscious business coach, and a spiritual intuitive. Attending his enlightening programs really empowers you to your life purpose. He's been featured on NBC, CBS, Fox, Chicago News. He's written a wonderful book called Your Divine Purpose, A Journey to Fulfillment and Legacy. We will be discussing that today. He has earned high praise from readers as well as two professional meditation albums that have been put together on his podcast, Live with Kevin Lee. He interviews leaders, luminaries, and he shares enlightening lessons for all his audiences. Basically, Kevin is a man who just wants to serve and make the world a better place, one person at a time. Thank you so much for being with us today, Kevin. Hey, great to have me. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's so much fun because when I get to run into spiritual people like myself, our our life paths are totally different, but at the same time... we, we come to the same hub of the wheel. We, we all have the commonality of the hub of the wheel that we, it was kind of treacherous and very challenging and, and lots of trauma, but we finally figured it out for ourselves. And then when you do that, you immediately turn away from the hub and you look back on those who are still walking down their path and right. you want to help them. And that is very evident in your book. So talk yeah. to us a little bit about why did you decide to write a book now, I mean, you know, what what was the trigger for you? Absolutely. Oh, Janine, absolutely. Well, I'm just delighted to be here. For one, I wanted to tell you that it, you just have always meant so much to me. And the work that you do is just, uh, it really is in alignment with everything I am. And in the, but I'll, I'll go into this question that you've asked, which is about my book, uh, your, and actually, this is my book, Your Divine Purpose. Uh, and it's a journey to fulfillment and legacy. And, and that title is important. I'll say this real quick. Uh, because we all are here to have a purpose and we all want to have a fulfilled life, a life of, a life of authenticity, as I like to say, but also to leave a lasting legacy behind us with the people behind us in our journey, maybe children, maybe future generations. And the reason why this book came forward, interestingly enough, I had been writing another book. Uh, uh, probably for the for the last three years, and then a year ago when COVID hit, it made me realize I need to reevaluate what I'm putting out there uh, as my light, my message, 
And what, what do I really want to speak on? Because my previous book, which is still on a shelf about 20 feet away, still not finished. And it's about 18 <laughs> chapters long. Uh, I, lo I love to teach. And it, that book is uh, way too, uh, it's way too big. <laughs> but uh, what I realized was I, I thought at the core of everything I am, everything I say in my church services, my sermons, my meditations, I'm always reminding people you have a purpose in life. You wouldn't be on earth breathing oxygen if you didn't. You'd be returned to a higher cause. And if we need to help you find that purpose. And uh, I definitely have found my purpose in life uh, through, as you said, a mystical experience. I had a couple of them. And uh, one of them had to do with a peculiar word called precipitation. We might get into that. And uh, so that's why this book came forward, because I realized I have so much business sense, so much uh, nonprofit and, and charity mindedness. I'm all about helping people around me that I see looking for purpose in life or, or a better place of living, a better state of living, I'll call it. And I thought I can do that. I can take people by the hand and lead them, guide them, gather them, network them. And I love doing that. So that's just me by nature. And so when it came to many of the experiences you talk about in your book, you do begin to see as the reader. And that's the, that's the thing, isn't it? When you and I were living our experiences to get where we are today, there was no frame of reference. But as a reader, as we share with you our story, it, it becomes clear that there really was a guiding hand, if you will. There really was some force that was kind of moving you through all those experiences, good and bad, that led you to the point where you're going to write a book, you are gathering people, you're trying to make the world a better place and you're helping people make it a little easier on themselves. And so yes. there, this book is only a hundred pages long, but yet it is packed, absolutely packed with very high quality information and content. Thank you. So I wanted to say thank you for that. So I'm going to let you're folks welcome. know we're only going to talk about the five steps of transformation, but don't oh. think this is the book. This is a small section yes, of, <laughs> of the book, but it's powerful. And I felt, I felt, um, when I was reading through your book, it was like you were whizzing through so much information that this kind of got pot bypassed. No offense. Hey, one author to another mm -hmm. dude, I get it. So <laughs> let's, let's talk about the five steps to life transformation. And this is kind of the world according to Kevin Lee and those yes. Those are the lessons I love most when people. Oh, well, that's good to know. And, and yeah, thank you. Yeah, because it's like this I have lived through. These are the lessons I came away with. If they can help you, bravo. And right. that's pretty much where Kevin comes from. So let's talk through them real fast. It's you. realize you are never alone. That's number one. I love that one. Number two, you are a soul. Oh, but you have a body. Yes, I love that <laughs> love one. That. I love that one. Number three, love yourself daily. Uh, yes. We all kind of struggle with that, I think. Yes, even and I. Number, Number four is say yes to life. We'll go into the subheaders of that one. And then number five, embody gratitude. Okay, so let's start at number one, which is realize you are never alone. And as a shaman, I can tell you everyone on this planet has at some point in their life abandonment issues. So when I have somebody walk up to me and go, yeah, I need some help. I have abandonment issues. I start laughing and I don't mean to laugh at them, <laughs> but I'm laughing because it's like, dude, pick a number and wait, because yes. we all feel like we got drop punted on this rock yes. and we're supposed to figure it out. So 
share with us well, how you me. know you're not alone. Yeah. Well, you mentioned dropped on this rock, like third rock from the sun, uh, which I think is such an appropriate, maybe that should have been a, a chapter title uh, because I, I, growing up, I always felt like I was from the stars. I felt like I was from a higher place and, but my family didn't get that. And I didn't vocalize it too much, but I did definitely felt it. But as I went through life, leaving the farm and Southern Baptist religion and leaving that whole community uh, and moving out into the world and discovering, actually, in the last probably 15 years of life through mystical experiences, that we are not alone. We may think that we are physically not surrounded by people because we live a simple life. Maybe we are single. Maybe our family has passed on. Maybe we just go to work and come home and our life just seems so basic. But we are literally surrounded by souls that are there to help us and support us and guide us and love us and, and, and empower us. And if we will just open ourselves to the possibility that there are angels walking amongst us, we may not can see them with certain types of practice and techniques, as you and I both know, we can begin to sense them and possibly see them. Uh, but uh, I want people to recognize that if this farm boy from Texas, who really was born not with my gifts wide open, like a lot of people, or and I never had any kind of psychic uh, experiences, if I can come to the awareness and have a mystical experience where, where spirit communicated with me and, and really, really just awoke me to the understanding that I am loved as a soul, I'm not a mistake, I'm not uh, uh, less than, I'm not ungodly, I'm not against religion, uh, and I'm a value, and I, and I matter in the world, and I have a purpose to serve. That's what Spirit taught me in my experience, it, which I wrote briefly about in the book, and, uh, and it, just, it just reminded me, you know what? I am loved. I am special, and, uh, I, and I'm not alone. And, and I will never be alone. Even when I die, I will never be alone. There will be someone in spirit to greet me. And that's what I received from my mystical experience. And that changed my life. That healed my life. And that's why I put that as the very first principle, because so many people think they're alone in the world, even if they're surrounded by family, because they don't have a really a, a belief or a concept of a higher principle, a higher dimension of life, the afterlife. It is a real place. And that is one of those things that when people will say to me, oh, I'm so sorry, you're sitting alone. Let me sit down and, and eat lunch with you. And I, I just kind of giggle a little bit. I'm like, you don't see all the, all the people I see around you just, me. You just sat on my cheek. <laughs> move one spot to the right. <laughs> so there's, there's a lot of fun, fun stuff with that. But there are times where we do have dark nights of the soul. Even those who are very spiritually aware or awake even, yeah. they do have, you know, being on planet Earth is challenging. And yes. there are times where you can really struggle because, uh, and this brings us to the step number two or, that mm. you have, which is you are a soul but you have a body and with that body comes these crazy things called emotions <laughs> and <laughs> programming, however you want to define it. So talk to us a little bit about what prompted you sure. to write that section. So that section came to me because uh, in the spiritual gatherings, the circles, the seances that I've attended in many over the past many years, spirit has always told us, they say, they said, 
you you don't realize the blessing that earth brings you the body that you have the the mechanism you call your body temple is actually like a shell or a machine uh, for you to sense physically through your five senses your reality your soul journey on in in, in on earth in that physical uh, condition when we return to spirit and we drop this body we don't have senses in the same way we experience things much more in an immersive way, but it's still very, it's much more refined. It's not as, I'm going to call it crude in this dimension, but it's much richer. It's an incredible richness. It's, it's almost like an intense flavor. That's the way they've described it. Because in, in the spirit world, spirit has said that when souls return, they actually will share their life experiences, the experiences of pain, experiences of of true love or broken heart or uh, a feeling of of, uh, exhilaration, bliss, uh, uh, bodily orgasm, all these types of things. And these rich senses uh, are taken as spiritual lessons with us back into the spirit world. And they're shared in much like in an auditorium setting, uh, probably more like a stadium, where souls immerse themselves into these past life experiences of human souls that have come from earth. So it's, I thought that was very interesting. And I thought, let me remind people, we are more than this body. We are eternal souls first. Every religion's holy book says that. We don't really talk about that in the church setting in that way, but we are first and foremost eternal souls that are incorporating or, 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 or manifesting into these bodies. We are incarnating, becoming flesh, right? And so we have the experience. So if we can come from a, a higher dimension, which is the fourth dimension, and we can incarnate into the third dimension, then we drop the body at that so-called death. It's not really death. We just uh, transition back to spirit, go back to the higher dimension of life. If we can do that once, then that principle of reincarnation is already being confirmed because if we can make that journey to a lower dimension, returning to a higher dimension, if you can do it once, you can go back through that door again <laughs> many times and, that, and your soul gets to choose not some big white man on a throne, your soul gets to choose. So I thought it was important to remind people we are more than our bodies. And our intuitive and spiritual gifts uh, really reconfirm uh, that for me, especially in my students. Right. Many of the experiences that you yes. had, and you've been so good about sharing those. So uh, step three was one that I enjoyed because we hear about it a lot, but there are times I've really pressed mystics on this one, and that is that love yourself daily you know and one of the things i liked is you quoted rupaul who i absolutely Uh, adore absolutely adore him he looks better than i ever do on a good day you know and filters filters yeah i know but it's just like you know he'll spend uh three hours on his hair i'm sorry i don't have that kind of time i don't but but i'm grateful people like him exist i am too because of that so that's that where that gratitude comes in so that's part of loving himself every day but you know for somebody like you or i what does it mean as a mystic to love yourself daily that was so important enough that you put the daily on the end of that yeah yes you know rupaul says his one of his most famous famous quotes is if you can't love yourself how in the hell are you going to learn to love anybody else can i get an amen up in here i'm like amen you know i I remember (laughs) i love that i even do that i even say that at events i have so much fun with it but it's really true because 
you know, so many of us are for years growing up, I, I didn't feel loved. I didn't feel valued. My voice never seemed to matter. My presence didn't matter. My existence didn't seem to matter. People were telling me I should not exist. People were telling me my, that I had nothing to contribute. Uh, there was really no purpose for me. I was more of an inconvenience or an abomination or whatever they were telling me. And so I didn't really have a lot of it. I had moments of it, you know, from certain family members. And uh, what I learned through my mystical experience, the one in my book, was that there was someone of a higher power, higher nature, which happened to be Mother Mary. Uh, and she said, basically, we love you. We, we value you. You have purpose. We're here to support you. And that was the first time I realized I'm not going to some place called hell. I'm not going to some, I'm not a sinner that actually if this saintly figure who I, I knew of, I didn't pray to her really, but I knew of her. And if she could say that I was a value to her as a, as a spiritual being, then clearly I'm a value to the universe. I'm a value to God. I, I'm a, I can be a value to humanity. And because I was reminded I have a purpose, I realized I can take this experience and use it to serve others. So I realized if, if I can really incorporate this fact of this, pro, this moment of healing that I have experienced in my body, mind, and spirit, and it's taken away months and years of self-torture because it was all in my mind. I didn't feel really that I loved, I didn't really love myself. I was nice to myself for the most part, but I didn't love myself. And so I began to, to do the ritual of looking in the mirror to say, Kevin, you are valuable. You have purpose. You matter. You are loved. I love you. You look good today. Uh, and as silly as that felt in the first, really the first hours and in moments that I started doing that in the days that followed, it didn't take long. Within a few days, I really enjoyed it. And because I wasn't, there was nobody knocking at my door coming to tell me they loved me. So I had to do it for myself. And what I saw was really what I sensed was psychically, I began to clear sentiently feel that my soul was expanding and getting brighter and I had more confidence and I began to feel actually more energized. And I think it was that the process of bringing the light back to myself. And I'll say this, my whole life, I was taught religiously, socially, family-wise, community-wise, to give, 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 never receive. And I couldn't receive for many years. It was hard to even receive compliments. And uh, I, there was an elder woman in one of my churches, surprisingly enough, a Baptist church. And this woman said to me as a child, she said, people are paying you compliments and you're dismissing them. I want you to start loving yourself and learn to say thank you when people give you a compliment. Even if you don't believe it, you must be nice because you're returning God's love back to that person. And, you know, I had forgotten that lesson for many years. And then after I had that mystical experience, that came back to my mind. And I realized we do have to start loving ourselves and being nicer to ourselves because we are the cup that pours out to our community and we must fill ourselves up and, and, and really truly love ourselves, be comfortable with ourselves. If you're single, I always tell people, don't rush out to get into a relationship, learn to love yourself by 
start dating yourself. <laughs> and right. I'm telling you, if you will tell people I'm not dating anybody else, but myself right now, I need to get to know me. That is one of the most, the wisest things to do. And one of the most mature things to do is to sit with yourself for a months or a couple of years, not dating and just be with yourself. Learn to find what do you love in life? Where, what do you really want out of life? Where do you want to live in life? Uh, where do you want to work in life? What do you want to do in life? And so many of us just get distracted in relationships where we are doing what the other person wants us to do. And so that's why that, that third one was a really deep message, but it came from a lot of those experiences that I had in life. So great. Thank you for asking that one. Right. It's the uh, love yourself daily. And the, daily. this is something that Kevin and I have talked about before, which is the what we call the mirror exercise, where you actually love stand <laughs> in it, front of it, the mirror. It. And many, many mystics that have awoken to their true purpose or who have uh, metaphysical gifts of one kind or another yes. all have been taken to task to stand in front of that mirror until you can say you love i love you to that person because the challenge of getting to that point is pretty extreme on this planet there's a lot of people that have given us a, a lot of their perspective and opinion that is not helpful to us as we move forward with our life purpose so that kind of moves us on then to the next one which is say yes to life and that was an interesting one because I was like, okay, yeah, say yes to life. That sounds really cheesy, you know? And, mm -hmm. and then the next thing you go, say yes to your dreams, say yes to your fulfillment. I was like, ooh, he's getting good. He's getting deep <laughs> on this one. And then it was say yes to your purpose, say yes to yourself. You know, I'm like, this, this is deep stuff when you start saying yes. And so uh, I love Jim Carrey's, uh, movie the yes man and all that where oh. he had to say yes he had to say yes and left life got crazy for a while but then it got better and it got better True. so talk to us a little bit about how your life gets a little crazy but then it starts getting better when you actually start saying yes to it well you know that was very important because one of my, one of my first mentors probably my second mentor who came along on this mystical journey of mine and uh, this gentleman told me, he noticed that I was saying no to a lot of things, that great opportunities actually for learning, for education, for uh, events where people were asking me to step up and shine. But because it was in the beginning stages where I just didn't believe in myself that I had, do I really have these potentials that people keep telling me I do? Are, are they just being nice to me? I think they're just being nice to me. I don't understand what's going on here. And uh, there were times when I would run and hide from opportunities because I thought, I can't possibly, this can't be real. I, I think I'm making all this up. And I, I was still struggling from the programming of my growing up years. And this gentleman said to me that even his mentor had told him, always say yes to opportunities for expression, for fulfillment, for your purpose, for your dreams. Don't worry about how you're going to do it. Just jump and like build the wings on the way down. If it's brand new for you, you will learn how to do things the way you need to be doing them based on how your audience, your clients, your attendees react. And you just basically tweak things as you go along. Don't worry about all the little details. Spirit is there to support you. And I think that's where that originally came from, because I wanted people to really begin to say yes. 
even running my church for 15 years, my metaphysical chapel, I noticed there were a lot of attendees who didn't believe in themselves, but if I could get them to say yes, and to begin saying that mantra, yes, I would love to attend and speak at your brunch, your, your brunch uh, luncheon. Uh, yes, I would love to come speak at your church. Yes, I would love to write an article for your magazine. Yes, I would love to be on a podcast. And uh, l- let me tell you, fear is powerful. And fear at the core of that is what people struggle with the most. And they're afraid of their own success. What if I'm successful? Then I have to deal with the customers that come. What if I'm successful? What the heck? Then I got to hire a bookkeeper to deal with the money. These are things my students have literally said to me. These are things I felt and said to myself, well, okay, well, what if I do go to seminary and I get that title of of reverend? Then I got to run a church. I don't want to, I'm not a minister. I can't run a church. Well, I actually didn't realize I wanted to. And I I found when I went, when I said yes to seminary, I only went just for the education. Spirit had a higher purpose, but I ended up falling in love with a community of people that looked up to everything I kept bringing back and sharing with them. And I realized well, I'm building a family. I'm building a community in Fort Lauderdale, a center of light, because they can't afford to travel like I can to go to seminary. They can't afford to take off a month at a time to go educate themselves, but I can. So maybe my purpose and my gift is that I use that resource, that opportunity by saying yes, learning and bringing back and sharing with the people that the universe brought into my community that couldn't uh, fulfill that type of a journey. So I found that my purpose could be of service to others by saying yes more. And that's what I try to teach people. Just say yes. If people invite you to do things uh, that, that are spiritually oriented or uh, to better your business, better your own life, try to say yes and see how does that feel? Does it feel like it's full of light and full of Uh, Does it make you happy or does something bring you a sense of dread or something seems empty about it or it doesn't feel right? If it doesn't feel right in some way, that's a negative. That's a closed door opportunity. Don't go through that door. Stop trying to open it. If it feels full of light, if it feels joyful, if it makes you happy, if you get excited about it, that's an open door opportunity. Let's walk through that door. Okay. And I always tell my students, if you have to keep knocking on the door and pulling on the door to get it to open, because you think it has to open, this is the universe trying to tell you, Kevin, go to another door, (laughs) look for another opportunity. Stop trying so hard. We're trying to stop you from going that direction. And that that's also another great uh, lesson was just learning to say yes, spirit. I, and so my friends will laugh at me because I'm always saying, yes, spirit. I, I hear you spirit. Okay. That's not my door. (laughs) <laughs> I'll find I'll find the one I'm supposed to open I'll as opposed the to the Thank one you, that looks really you know like full of potential to my right? eyes. And yeah. But say yes to life is so important because it will just tremendously open you to the potentials of your the possibilities and potentials for your purpose. Uh, so important. So one of the things that you have is step number five, and I don't want people to groan because it's been spoken about a lot, right? Is and But you say it differently. You say embrace or embody, excuse me, embody embody 
gratitude. Now, this is different. So there are wonderful teachers out there who keep talking about oh, the attitude yes. of gratitude and all that. We're very happy. But please dig deeper. When you hear Kevin mention embody gratitude, this is different from the gratitude journal or anything that you're writing out. So talk to us a little bit about what you mean by embody gratitude. Thank you. Yes. Well, I chose that word embody because literally we must become the gratitude in mind, body, and spirit. It's not about me walking around saying, oh, thank you, Janine, for having me on your show. Thank you, Kevin, for, uh, for hiring me as a, a new student or something. You know, it's, it, it's, it, respect is one thing, but when we embody gratitude, it's a much higher vibrational attitude, really. Uh, it's an embodiment of my soul uh, in this, uh, this human expression. But uh, let me tell you a little story that will make this a little more clear. Several years ago, I had a job a very uh, lucrative, high-paying job, six figures, and uh, but in and people would kill for this job. I it was it, it was probably the best job I've ever had, and I had the nastiest, rudest boss that went along with it. It was yin and yang, <laughs> and I started having cardiac problems because I had allowed that. Uh, relationship to sour, but it was soured with everybody in the facility. I was just one of the many in the pool of poison that that job was. And many, most people left, but I was so determined, oh, you're not going to get the best of me. Uh, You're going to take me out of here in a coffin. Well, I kept verbalizing it and verbalizing it before I knew it. I had cardiac problems. It was, I was, had syncope. The room was spinning. My, I had strange flutters in my chest. I'd start coughing and then I'd feel like I'm going to pass out. And I ran to a cardiologist who ran every test. I was half the age of everybody in the lobby. He told me to, uh, why are you here? You're way too young. (laughs) He determined it was stress and I had brought it on myself. And I thought, and I went home after that. And he said, you need to reevaluate your job. And I thought, oh no, this is the best job. I am going to be rich. And uh, this is what I want. And when I went home to start thinking about what the doctor told me that I would need to reevaluate what is important in my life, I realized that I was focused more superficially on the job, the money, the title, the position, the career, the facility, the institution I was working for, uh, just the status all of it brought me. And I was really living very high. And But what I also realized was, is that I wasn't very grateful for what I had. And I remember, I had remembered, it might've been spirit who actually inspired me with the thought because it suddenly came to me, you know what, there was this lesson somebody taught me recently about this gratitude thing. And I learned, I need to learn to be grateful. So I began as cheesy as it sounds, and this is what they taught me. (laughs) They said, you must begin to verbalize. And to make physical into the universe, speak your gratitude into the universe. Don't just think it. We must fully embody it. And the way we do that is to, is to, to claim our physicality with our spirituality, our spiritual nature, and speak this into the universe. And speaking is very common with mantras and prayers. And there is something to be said about that, right? That universal sound of Om is a physical sound. So... I thought, okay, how do I be grateful? Okay, thank you, house. You give me a place to uh, to be sheltered in. Thank you, air conditioning. You keep me cool in Florida. Thank you, Toyota Prius, because you get me to work uh, not spending a lot of money on gas. Thank you, Prius, because uh, uh, you're good on the on the earth. You're good. You're uh, you're eco friendly to the earth. 
thank you, uh, air conditioning in my Prius. I mean, as silly as it sounds, that's how it began. And then I thought, okay, this is a little sterile. Let me just keep embodying. So then I thought, okay, well, let me embody nature. So I, when a breeze would come, I thought, oh, that's so refreshing. Thank you, wind. You just brought me the most beautiful feeling. And then I would hear a parrot. We have parrots here. I'd hear flocks of parrots. Thank you, parrots. You know, how beautiful to hear your sound. I hear you. Thank you. And then I began to realize, wow, the, these flowers, these hibiscus and the, and the ixoras and the beautiful flowers we have in Florida, the birds of paradise, I'd say, thank you for the beauty. And, and you, you bless my eyes with your beauty. The fragrance is incredible. I just can feel the fragrance inside me. You bring so much uh, light to my spirit. And, and did you notice how I'm pulling it in? I'm pulling in the fragrance. I'm pulling in the visual stimulation and it's, it's exhilarating my spirit. And, and I physically am making the movements as I'm sharing this story because I'm embodying all aspects of the moment. And if we will begin to say and speak to the universe, you will begin to notice the universe speaking back to you. It will shock the heck out of you. And what I discovered uh, within about a week, probably seven to 10 days of, of doing gratitude constantly was there was a moment at work where my boss had created a very uh, toxic moment. Everybody was involved. Everybody was in, there was drama, the patients, the doctors, the nurses, and everybody ignored me. It was like I was invisible. And I realized, wait a minute, the drama is not uh, involving me in this moment, but it's literally feet away from me. And I'm sitting here reading, looking on my phone, studying something, taking a break, and I'm not being included in the drama. And I realized I could feel a bubble of protection around me. It was the most peculiar feeling. And I realized the universe had helped me to create this field of presence that literally pushed the drama away from me. And that gratitude kept me in alignment with the peace and the beauty of just my being in the now that I needed. And I, re and I, had, and I realized my job was a lot easier my coworkers were beginning to relate to me in a way they, that they had never related to me before. And I found my job, all of my heart problems stopped uh, probably by the second week. And also my job became much more joyful and nothing affected me the same. It changed, it changed me on the, on my mind, body, and spirit level completely. Uh, and that's why I thought I have to start teaching my students in the public the power of embodying gratitude, it will literally change your life. It is not this cheesy thing, you know, assume an attitude of gratitude. Right. Uh, there right. is so much more to it. So I just wanted that to be uh, one of the last little nuggets that I leave people with before they close that last page. I needed them to get a little bit of Kevin's life teachings right at the last moment uh, before they went on their life journey. So that's why I added those five little bits of elements. Right. And the embody of gratitude is so much deeper when you actually practice it. So it can sound incredibly cheesy. And like you said, you know, the first two or three days, you're just like, it's awkward. <laughs> this doesn't feel right, but I'm doing it yes. because there's just, there's just enough positive feedback that, you know, there's something happening. You may not quite know. And yes. then when you really do embody that gratitude, nothing comes to you that you don't 
acknowledge. And I think that's part of that mm -hmm. soul having a body kind of experience that you were talking about before of the universe does uh, come to you and say, thank you for the acknowledgement. Here's a little bit yes. more. Oh, here's a little bit more. And it's before you true. know it, your life is much, much, much better. Trust the process. Trust is at the core that if, you, yeah. know, you know, the skeptics will say, well, this didn't work after a week. Well, you're not trusting the process. We, you've got to let it seep into you and to really try to embody that in a very kind, loving, high vibrational way. If you can do that, I guarantee you, you will begin to sense that embodiment of gratitude in a, in a rich way. So we've gone a little bit over time, but it needed to happen. I wanted to make this uh, work out for you uh, in regards to these five steps because they, I felt very, very important in the book. And like I said, folks, this is just one small section of what is impacted into that 100-page book. So, Kevin, anything else you wish to share with us before we close out today? No, I'm just incredibly grateful for this opportunity. You, you have given me an opportunity that I said yes to, uh, because I want, I truly do want to bring my life experiences, my mystical experiences, and just to remind people that you are here on earth, you have a purpose. Uh, there is, there are so many opportunities for you to serve other souls, your neighbors, if you will, uh, with your purpose. And there's also ways for you to build a business out of that to really, it's okay to make money from your spiritual and your, your charity efforts or your business building efforts. You know, inner, uh, money is simply the, the physicality of energy exchange, right? I give you an hour of, of my time, you give an hour of money. That's what we call the dollar. Uh, or the peso, or the yen, or so, or so forth. And so we must uh, think about uh, taking, creating systems in our lives that will sustain us, our purpose, uh, and in our service to others. So I definitely love teaching principles of uh, discovering your purpose, and, and also finding your spiritual gifts, your potentials, and, and turning that into a business that's successful and sustainable. So uh, I just, I'm just so grateful to, to have met you and to have become a dear friend of yours. And you bring me so much joy and I just can't, I just can't speak enough. I'm just. Thank, uh, <laughs> thank you so much for your time. I, I really do appreciate it. And so this is Kevin Lee, Reverend Kevin Lee with Your Divine Purpose, A Journey to Fulfillment and Legacy. He's become a number one bestselling author. If you wish additional information about uh, Kevin Lee, please go to www.reverend, it's R-E-V, Kevin Lee, L-E-E, dot -E, com. And we will also have this in the show notes. So thank you so much for your time today, Kevin. Many blessings. Love you. All right. Back at you. And this is Janine Bolin with the Practical Mystic Show. I want you to keep your feet firmly on the ground, integrate the lessons, process them for as long as you need that you've learned today, but keep always reaching for those stars. We'll see you next Friday. This has been the Practical Mystic Show with Janine Bolin. For show notes, resources, and more, visit the eightgates.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you.